In the KRMG Morning News, I'm Skyler Cooper sitting in for Dan Potter, joined live by Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning, Skyler. How are you today? Doing good. I got a quick question for you before we get into uh, all of our uh, topics that we wanted to talk about today. But we've got word that uh, Pfizer's vaccine could probably get that full approval a lot sooner than they thought. Do you think that'll help with some of the hesitancy that's uh, been seen around the nation? Oh, I don't know, Skylar. I, I still tell everyone that uh, the vaccine, I took the vaccine, did the vaccine. Uh, I know many of the, the folks in Congress that's about 85 percent uh, vaccinated. Uh, President Trump obviously spent uh, much of the last year working hard on Operation Warp Speed. So I think this is just another vaccination out there that's an opportunity for people to go talk to their doctors if they have any doubts and uh, get it, uh, get advice from their doctors. Certainly no issue finding them anymore. I remember that was, a, that was a thing early on, and you can literally go to any Walmart or pharmacy or anywhere and you can get them. Um, okay, so let's talk about this uh, infrastructure bill that we've been covering a lot. Like almost every day there's a new update on this thing, and it seems now it's sort of being held up by everybody wanting a little bit of a piece of the action, isn't it? It is, Skylar, and, and here's what American people need to know. There, is no, there have been about 10 or 11 uh, Republicans and Democrats working on this. The lead on the Republican side is Senator Rob Portman from Ohio. And then on the uh, the Democrat side, uh, Senator Kirsten Sinema from Arizona, those two have been the point people on this, uh, working with the administration and with the, the Democrats and the Republicans trying to get something done. But here's the thing people need to know. This bill is twice as large as the Bible. And and Democrat, the, the Senate uh, body got this Tuesday night and uh, are working on trying to figure this out and, or, you know, Tuesday afternoon. And, and so what you're seeing now, as people read through this, they're saying, oh, that's that's not going to work and that's not going to work. And so the amendment process ought to be interesting. But there is no way that the senators and and their, and their complete staffs are going to read basically the Bible twice in one night. Uh, so th this is just going to be somebody's going to be looking for their pet project. And if it's in there, they're going to say, hey, it's OK. And, and the fact that it's, quote, uh, paid for. It should scare everyone that we just have $550 billion laying around under a mattress or under a cushion to, to come pay for this for the sake of getting to a three-and-a-half to $5 trillion uh, cradle-to-grave social welfare program that the Speaker of the House and that uh, Chuck Schumer want to get done. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are criticizing the administration for uh, overspending everywhere, and so this is a bill part of that criticism. Also seeing so many people, you mentioned uh, people looking for their pet projects. I read, what, 250 to 300 amendments being proposed. So uh, not only is it quite a large document of that bill, but also uh, everyone wants to hold it up with their own little interests. Well, $200 billion of it roughly is to go give electric vehicle tax credits to people that are making over, the average person that owns electric vehicle makes roughly eighty-five dollars to $87,000 a year. So they're getting uh, upwards, and this bill will be upwards of $10,000 per car incentive to go buy other cars. Also in this bill is roughly $200 billion to go stand up 500,000 charging stations across America. I'm sure if you went and talked to our friends at our local convenience stores and gas stations across America, they, they will tell you that they didn't get any federal dollars to go build their locations. So basically, you want electric charging stations paid for by the government uh, when the, the total usage of cars in America that are electric vehicles is roughly 2% or less. So we hear a lot about the negative. What are some of the good things in this bill that you've seen that are really actually going to you know, show up and help people day to day? Well, I think some of the good things in there is we're spending $65 billion on broadband. What we learned during COVID last year is that, you know, when you're trying to order stuff, take care, especially our elderly who traditionally haven't been uh, big users of the Internet, 
uh, they found out how slow their or, or non-existent their internet service was in the rural America, especially impactful in Oklahoma. Also, $110 billion on uh, taking care of our roads and bridges in America. Uh, the late Senator Tom Coburn, the person that got me interested in, in politics over 20 years ago, uh, once told me, he said, you know, every great civilization has fallen because it failed to maintain its infrastructure. We have a fiduciary responsibility to the American people, the American taxpayers, to take care of this infrastructure that we have in the United States of America. Uh, that bill has never been bigger than $400 billion, which was the last infrastructure bill in the history of this country. And now this one is a trillion dollars. You have to remember that uh, President Biden wanted it to be $2.25 trillion. Uh, but what he was willing to do is, is to let this shrink for the sake of what he couldn't get in the infrastructure bill. He would get over in this budget reconciliation bill that's coming down. That's uh, the Speaker Pelosi wants it to be somewhere around five trillion dollars. It'll be all the Green New Deal things, all of the bad stuff that they're trying. Uh, most of the bad stuff they're trying to get out of the infrastructure bill, so it can get it passed under the idea it's bipartisan. Uh, pushed over into this reconciliation bill, which will be devastating. It's causing inflation like we haven't seen since 1991, um, and we know what happened back in the 70s and the 80s. Early days when we had the inflation, uh, the interest rates went through the roof. Uh, right now, mortgage rates and interest rates are artificially being bought down by the federal government uh, to try to keep this inflation under control. But even Larry Summers, the former Obama economic advisor, said this is not going to be temporary. So when you get somebody out of the political mainstream right now that actually looks at this and says, we have supply chain issue, we have cost pressures, we have debt that's mounting like crazy. Scott, when I came into Congress just a little over two and a half years ago, the national debt was approaching $19 trillion. This time next year, January of 2022, will be roughly $32 trillion. $13 trillion increase in three years. Yeah, big jump. And that's something that you see a lot with uh, each new administration. You know, they criticize the previous debt and then they go spend more. And that seems to be the the Biden plan. They're just spending like crazy. And I don't know, you know, is any legislation in the next four years going to be easy? Well, I don't think any legislation going forward is going to be easy. Uh, I was asked back in December to chair the, the budget committee for the Republican Study Committee. And it's the largest caucus in Congress, 167 Republicans. It, I, I did the only budget that's been done in Congress. Uh, there's not been a budget produced uh, in the last three years under Speaker Pelosi's leadership. Uh, when the, whatever party is in charge is responsible, first thing to do, uh, according to law, is to produce a budget. Uh, she has failed to do that the last three years. I served on the Budget Committee, the full House Committee, for two years, saw how uh, useless of time that is. Um, one thing that President Biden did, he did put out a budget, kind of piecemealed it together. It was roughly $6 trillion when historically the budget for the United States uh, government uh, has been around $4.7 trillion. So about a 25% increase there. The, the issue really is, and I've railed against, after I, I spent five and a half months working on this budget, a budget that balanced in uh, five years, it makes some difficult decisions today, but they're going to be easier made today when spending is less. Than tomorrow, or you know, two years from now, or ten years from now, and the CBO, which is a nonpartisan, uh, uh, looks at all these bills. They said that you know we're we're never going to if we don't change the direction of our policies right now. We're it's going to be in an unrecoverable state uh, just in about four or five years. Our Medicare two years from now is going to be exhausted. These this is the CBO. This isn't Republican or Democrat saying this. Social Security is about seven years out. Uh, we have to do something. 
and nobody wants to make the tough decisions. And I've been critical of both Republicans and Democrats for this. Uh, you look at spending, uh, you know, the, the, it's ridiculous where we're at right now. We have got to be more fiscally responsible for the American taxpayer dollars. Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn live on the KRMG Morning News. I'm Skyler Cooper sitting in for Dan Potter. One last thing for you, Congressman. I know that uh, with this new wave of COVID cases going around the country and the fact that they're uh, putting mask mandates back in place, you've got one there in the House from the Capitol physician. Uh, so uh, you may be like many other people who got vaccinated that are frustrated that you have to also wear a mask. Well, that, but also, Skylar, that, you know, we heard for so many uh, times over the the last year is follow the science. And Dr. Monahan, who is the capital uh, uh, doctor, uh, he's a one-star admiral uh, from, the, from the Navy, and he put out a the same mandate to both the House and the Senate. The Senate chose to not do anything, just, okay, we're not in a hot spot. So somewhere about the middle of the dome, there's some, you know, uh, pixie dust that says, okay, on the House side, the South side of the Capitol, we need masks. This is one building. Uh, many people are listening right now, been to the Capitol. It's one continuous building. Uh, historically, the senators are more elderly. Um, so the vaccination rates are approximately the same on both ends. So this is really about Speaker Pelosi doing everything she can to, to set a tone that uh, where we might go as America. The second thing is, is that uh, the doctor said he did this based on a study. Well, the study was done in India with uh, the, the, the country of India with a vaccination that was not even, uh, it's never been proved for the United States of America. So it was a falsified uh, premise for why he did it. The peers, his peer review out there, which is historically something that all doctors look for, was denied on this, this particular study. They, they felt it not necessary to be looked at for the United States of America. So this is one that's really incredibly important to take note of what you see your leaders doing in the United States of America and the, the United States Capitol. And then to top it off, the very next day, my staff's coming in and they were told by the Capitol Police if they didn't put masks on, they would be arrested. Uh, now, you know, this is something that should scare the American people, that when you have the Speaker of the House, the third person in line for the presidency, telling the Capitol Police who work directly for her, she's responsible for the security of the building on the south end of the Capitol, that if you come to work... And in the House buildings, if you come to work without a mask on, you they, they've been authorized to arrest you. Yeah, now, on the north side of the Capitol, on the, the Senate side, that's not so. That's interesting that they told your staff that specifically because the Capitol Police uh, tweeted that it's never going to come to that. They'll likely tell you to put on a mask or just leave. That only came because we questioned Dr. Monahan, and he went back and talked to Speaker Pelosi about it, and she rescinded that, that threat. But that was, in fact, my, my staff came in, and I, I was livid. And we had a meeting with Leader McCarthy, the entire Republican conference. Uh, then we called in Dr. Monahan, the entire Republican conference. Uh, he said he would correct that with Speaker Pelosi. The doctor went and did that. And remember, none of this was occurring on the Senate end of the building, only with Speaker Pelosi. So uh, it was a very sad day in the Capitol where this devolved to. And it's something that uh, all Americans need to be concerned about, whether you're Republican or Democrat or really don't give two hoots about politics. So it's something that we really need to be concerned about, that we follow the science, and the science is ever-changing. And again, you know, going back to how we started this, if you're concerned about vaccinations, talk to your doctor. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody should have the, the right to be going to their doctor if they're, having, if they're concerned about it, if they think it's been politicized, and uh, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, I'm, a, I'm like a lot of people right now, I, you know, being vaccinated and then going to stores where it's like we're starting to see more people wearing masks, you go, what should I be doing? It's it's kind of mixed messaging because 
we're seeing breakthrough cases. Those people tend not to get very sick, but maybe that's why they recommend you wear a mask. So do you do you recommend that for folks at this point, or what are you personally doing? Well, again, I mean, I, like everybody else, I, I'll follow the rules. Uh, whatever businesses or, or you know, particular establishments have set forth, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's their prerogative. And, uh, you know, we have, as Americans, we have the freedom not to go to those particular uh, establishments if we don't want to abide by the rules. But again, uh, I, I received the vaccination. Uh, we had a, an issue regarding Congress and both the House and the Senate of the continuity of government issue back in the early days of uh, when the vaccinations came out to make sure that we still had people available to make laws in America. So many of us, uh, again, it's about it's a little over 85% of members of Congress have been vaccinated. And uh, as I as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, we did something in this country that has never been done in the history of medicine uh, with Operation Warp Speed uh, to get these vaccinations available to the American people and to people around the world. Uh, people, uh, I've met with ambassadors from countries like Taiwan and others that got no vaccinations until very recently. And they had major outbreaks that were you know, obviously uh, creating a lot of deaths and uh, those have been stopped. And, and so again, I know there are a lot of folks that have concerns, uh, and, and you should go talk to your doctor. If you want to take the politics out of it, go talk to your doctor and see if you have any underlying conditions that the vaccination might cause you great concern uh, or, or if you don't. And that, that should be your personal choice. And I've been an advocate for personal choice uh, from day one. It's the freedoms we have in this country. Uh, Congressman Kevin Hearn, one last question just before we let you go. And we're running a little bit over here. Uh, have you spoken with John Bennett, the Oklahoma Republican Party chairman? And what's your reaction to his Facebook post uh, sort of referencing the Holocaust about vaccines? Yeah, no, I haven't spoken to him at all. I've uh, been in D.C. a lot. And, and the, the issue is, for me personally, is uh, long before I got in politics, uh, it's, it's, it's really a tragedy. Uh, that's, that's an understatement, what happened to the Jewish people back in, during World War II. Uh, I think any reference to that is, is uh, tragic and certainly unwarranted. On the same respect, though, many, many Americans, based on what's happening right now with the ever-changing mass mandates, vaccination mandates, uh, potential mandates, uh, preclusion from people going to places, what we're seeing with the Socialist Democrats, where they've moved this country, uh, some of the things that you're seeing right now with uh, Speaker Pelosi and, and Chuck Schumer going on with policies trying to federalize all elections, it does bring a lot of grave concern to the American people, uh, not just Republicans, uh, people who have always valued their freedoms. And so I, I do think the underlying message is very warranted that we have to be gravely concerned about some of the movements we're seeing in this country like we've never seen before. And this is not just from me as a member of Congress. This is from a lot of outside groups as well. They're looking at this encroachment on our freedoms. Congressman Kevin Hearn, thank you for your time this morning. You bet. Have a great day.